One thing is certain. If you stick to the word, you will come back with a testimony. What God wants to give you in your life is not a healing. What God wants to give you in your life is not a job. What God wants to give you in your life is not money. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. It will make you what it talks about. And you are shining. And you are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining and nothing can stop you. It is your season. It is your time. Nothing can hinder you. This is your time. This is your hour. Favor is yours. All right. I said I want to share something with you tonight. It's got to do with something about our lives uh, in the priesthood, really. So I'm going to read to you from First Peter chapter number 2. First Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read to you from verse 5. King James Version. Ye also, as lively stones, that means living stones, are built up a spiritual house, an holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. It says we are built by God as a spiritual house. He's not talking about the building like the auditorium. It's all about our life as God's people who are born again. The Bible says that we have been built by the ministries of the prophets and apostles of Christ and set on the foundation which is Christ Jesus. And that we are a spiritual house. And that our responsibility as a spiritual house is to offer up to God spiritual sacrifices. In Christianity, we are not in a social fraternity. It is a spiritual family of God. And we do have a ministry in the earth. We have a responsibility in the earth. We got a job to do in the earth. God didn't put us here so we can just have a nice life. God didn't put us here so that we can... Uh, by his name, get nice things by faith and uh, live a life that is satisfying to us. There's more to life. He says we 
have been built a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Which means each one of us is in office. We've got to understand this is God's dream. God had a dream. God had a dream. He had a dream. In other words, a desire. Something that he wanted. In Exodus chapter 19, would you turn in there quickly? Exodus chapter 19. I'll read to you from verse 5 into verse 6. Verse 5. Now therefore, God talking to the children of Israel by Moses. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant... Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for the earth is mine. God said this to the children of Israel. He said, if you will obey my covenant, then you shall be to me a peculiar treasure above all people. He says, for the earth is mine. In other words, everything belongs to me. It's up to me to choose what I prefer. It's up to me to choose who I want to honor. If I choose to make you a peculiar treasure above other people, that's my business because all the earth is mine. <laughs> Did you see that there? All right. Now, in verse 6. Now, you know, you know people say we are all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are all the same, but we are not favored the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 6, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. This is remarkable. A kingdom of priests. That's what is meant by royal priesthood, which means a fraternity or order of priests that are royalty. This is wonderful. King priests in the order of Melchizedek. All right, look at it. Verse 6. And he shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. A kingdom of priests. A peculiar treasure above all people. What an honor. He said, if you will obey my covenant. They didn't. They broke it. They breached it. They couldn't make it. So they didn't become a kingdom of priests. Because they failed to keep God's covenant. And so God abolished the covenant. He said, I'm going to make a new one. And he did. Hallelujah. And he did. And brought us into it as beneficiaries. Now, he doesn't make a promise to us. He has fulfilled his dream. We have come into the place. Oh, God. I wish you would understand this. 
so you can grasp my soonnesses. You see, this is the reason a lot of people can't understand how, why we are the way we are and why we do what we do. Christianity is no religion. To many Christians, and including many preachers, Christianity is a great religion. To me, it's not a religion. It's life. And I think that that's why some of them can't understand our, our thinkings of the gospel, our mentality, our way of life. Why are we like this? And so we look like we are not real to them. We look like we are speaking from outer space. Because they can't understand this stuff. They got a problem with this. Like they had a problem with Jesus. Because Jesus spoke differently. He said, I am from above. I don't belong here. I'm from above. Hallelujah. I'll show you this in a moment. See, we are not on a journey into Christ. Mm -mm. We have arrived in Christ. He didn't say you're marching to Zion like they were marching many years ago. I don't know that. I know that. Well, there's some people who are still marching today. They're still on their way in the wilderness of life. And I, I, I didn't find myself in the wilderness of life. Never been there. I wasn't on my journey from Egypt to, the, to Canaan. Uh-uh. I was born into the promised land. Born right into it. Never on a journey towards it. Born right into it. And if you're of the religious kind, you may not like this. You know, it sounds like I'm being braggadocious, so you may not like it. So. But you, listen, if you don't talk like this, you'll never inherit it. Christianity is for the tough-minded. It's for the tough-minded. You can't come into this arena without staring the nest of your adversaries. They want to kill you for it. But they never can. They just hate you without a cause. But you don't care. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, oh my. Woohoo. Yeah, see, in First Peter chapter 2, now we're in the New Testament. First Peter chapter 2. We started out in chapter 2 and verse 5. But now I want to read um, verse 9. But ye are. <laughs> I like it when the Bible says ye are. That's you're going to be. Ye are, ye are, ye are. If ye are, then ye is. Ye are. If ye are, uh, he says, yeah, but ye are a chosen generation. I'm God's choice. Chosen generation. He is talking about a breed, a special breed. A class. You're born into that class. 
with a peculiar nature. <laughs> but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Ye are a royal priesthood. This is what was promised to the children of Israel on the condition of obedience to the covenant. And they didn't make it. Now God doesn't give us any condition. He just says, hey, you're born that way. Because you're born again. You're born in Christ. You are a Christian. You're in Christ now. So he says, you are a chosen generation. That means you got peculiar genes. Generation, genes, genealogy. Do you understand? We got a family tree. We're coming from Christ. Oh my. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people <laughs> that you should show forth show forth display show forth the praises of him <laughs> who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous awe inspiring light display the virtues and perfections Dear Lord Jesus, who am I? You know, the greatest crisis in the world is the identity crisis. The question, who am I? Why am I here? Why was I born? Where am I going? What's the meaning of my life? When you come to understand this stuff about Christ and his church, the problem of identity is solved. Because you come home, you know who you are. Your future is clear before you. No more question about your future. No more question. I get letters and, and, and you know, messages all the time. Uh, before I came up here tonight, a gentleman sent me a text. On the occasion of his birthday. He said, I met you 18 years ago. And my life has been different ever since. I've had a fulfilling life. Because what I learned from you. All these years. 18 years. And now. He testifies of a tremendous fulfilling life. Same story. There's nobody yet that I 
have been in contact with through the word of God who turned out a failure. <laughs> Praise God. Not possible. Not possible. No, not possible. The only kind of folks you can find who will say, well, I, I used to be there and uh, something went wrong. He wasn't listening. No, he wasn't listening. This Bible wasn't written by Pastor Chris. He wasn't listening. This thing hasn't failed anybody yet. But you know, like many people are, they're always looking for what's your formula. What's the shortcut? People want the shortcuts. And so when, they don't, when, they, when they're trying to shortcut and it doesn't work, then they say, you know, that thing is fake. I tried it too. They're lying to you. No, you're the one lying. You just didn't know it. Find out about the theory. What did Jesus come to do? See, I found out about that. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is he doing in me? What is this ministry in my life today? What's the reason for the Bible? This book, what is it for? Why is it here? The theory of the cross, understand it. Understand the tenets of the gospel of Christ. Understand who we are. And this life will no longer be a mystery to you. You getting it? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, oh, man. Let me take you just a little further. There's so much to share along this line. Huh? Let me take you a little further. Psalm 80, 87. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> From verse 1, his foundation is in the holy mountain. Have you seen that? His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Hmm. He loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Zion, he calls the city of God. This is talking about the church. This is us. This is God's place. This is God's city. And he says, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. He says, his foundations. You can find God's, look at it, read that verse one again. His foundation is in the holy mountains. Where is this? Now you're quiet. You're thinking, what is he talking about? You'd know in a moment. Turn the book of Hebrews for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Ham's dead on the inside, brother. Verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city. Oh God. He looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Are you still there? He looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Foundations refers to principles. He's talking about principles. Principles. Institution of truths. Says Abraham was looking for a city that had principles of truths, a system of truths. Whose builder and maker is God? He didn't want to, you see, when he said he was looking for a city, he wasn't looking for a city in the world because the world is cities were made by men with the laws of men. But he was looking for a city. That's what the Bible says. He went out not knowing where he was going. He acted on God's word when God said, go, I will show you a place. I will show you a place. Did Abraham ever find the place? The Bible says in all of Abraham's journey, God never gave him a place that was large enough to set his foot on. Which means that what the city that Abraham was looking for was not in the earth. Until God said, look toward the north and the south and the east and the west, as far as your eyes can see, that I've given unto you. And Abraham looked everywhere. And what Abraham saw included the world and beyond. The Bible says God willed the world to Abraham. And that was not enough because Abraham was looking for a city that had principles of life whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's city. No wonder the Bible says he's a father of faith. Abraham was looking for a city whose foundations were made by God. And the Bible says God's foundations. His foundation is in where? The holy mountains. And where? The city Abraham was looking for was the city of Zion. He said, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. This is the city that Abraham was looking for. And he saw it by faith. In Hebrews chapter 12, 
sobra magista. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. The Bible says, but ye, ye, brothers and sisters, but ye, ye are come, ye have arrived unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are registered in heaven. And to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Somebody say hallelujah. Ye are come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. The city that Abraham was looking for. The city of which he says, glorious things are spoken of thee. O city of God. Do you belong in that city? If you belong in that city, live like one. Think like one. Talk like one. Go back in there, Psalm 87. Man, oh man. Psalm 87, verse 3. He says, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. If you're a member of that city, glorious things are spoken of you. Glorious things are spoken of you. Glorious things. Are, why don't you find out about what these glorious things are? You know, some people like to reproach us, but we're irreproachable. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Glorious things, verse 3. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will, mm, 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 I wish you understand this. I will make mention of Rahab. That's a symbolic name for Egypt. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. Ooh. This man was born there. He says, I'll make mention of great cities, great nations, Egypt, Babylon, Philistia, Tyre. This man was born there. Like somebody says, yeah, I was born in Britain, I was born in America, I was born in Switzerland, I was born in a number state. <laughs> you know, people they like to talk about their ethnic nationality. This man was born there. How boast of these ones? Yeah, he was born there. He's British. He's American. He's Lebanese. This man was born there. Come with me. Verse 5. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. 
and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he rotted up the people. That means when he records, when he accounts, when he numbers the people that this man was born there. Oh God. You know what he's talking about? Oh. Oh, glory to God. You know, I think through the word, the Father, I was born in Zion. It says the Lord shall count when he numbers the people. That this man was born there. The day you were born, your mother wrote in your certificate the city in which you were born. When you were born again, God wrote the date that you were born in Zion. In his record, you were not born in Delta State. You were born in Zion. This thing we're talking about is real. You know, some of us have functioned so much in the word that we don't recognize spiritual truths. We take the worldly things as though that's what's real. And fail to open our spirits to what God says. Says the Lord shall count when he rided up the people. That this man was born there. Born in Zion. Ye are come. Ye have arrived. You belong in Zion. You belong in the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. And in that place, there are foundations, principles of life, a system of truths. <laughs> God's spirit is upon you. Amen. And his mighty presence is working in your life. Amen. His grace is multiplied in your life. Amen. Be successful everywhere you go. Amen. Be prosperous everywhere you go. Amen. The wisdom of God is functioning for you. Amen. Working for you. Amen. You will speak as the oracle of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you. And he that is in the world, no power can overcome you. Because the Spirit of God is working in your life. Promotion is yours. Increase is yours. Progress is yours. Health is yours. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every hindrance on your way is removed in the name of Jesus. Every obstacle is removed in the name of Jesus. You are making progress. You are moving forward. In the name of Jesus. No weapon fashioned against you.
tongues right now. Praying the Holy Ghost. Speaking out of tongues. Thank you, Lord. 